everybody. This is Jeannie Faulkner, and you are listening to Common Sense Pregnancy and Parenting, the podcast, where we have smart conversations about everything that has to do with parenting, pregnancy, prenatal care, politics, feminism, healthcare. What else you got? Let's talk about it. So this week in the news, President Trump has decided to defund the United Nations Family Planning Alliance, which is the government arm of funding for maternal health programs and family planning programs around the world. This is disturbing. And for people like myself who work in the humanitarian sector and are really focused on women's empowerment, gender equality, women's health care, this is astounding. This is... I am stuttering, I'm speechless about what a strong anti-woman message this administration is sending with that specific move. Now, what a lot of people just don't understand is that there really isn't all that much debate about whether or not women in the world need, deserve um, any kind of family planning assistance. Everybody does. Everybody needs it. That's just the way that it works these days. Um, You know, it's not a healthy option for any woman to become pregnant too soon, too often, too frequently, too old, when she's sick, when she's just had another baby, when she is in no situation to support herself for a child. You know, there's just so many reasons why women shouldn't have back-to-back-to-back-to-back pregnancies. And in this, you know, it's 2017, we know how to take care of that problem so that women can make choices when they want to, when they don't. That's what our culture and society and world has evolved to. So, you know, you have to ask then, what is the issue? If it's not really about contraception, what is the issue? Well, it's hard for me to really be um, subjective about this. I think it's about controlling women. I think it's about basic misogyny. I think it's about saying that money is more important than lives, specifically about women's lives. And I know that's a hard statement to make, but I think that's what's going on. And I think that's what's happened for centuries and centuries. And we've actually thought that we were at a moment in history where big changes had happened. And they have. They have. Big, big changes have happened in women's lives. Um, here in the United States, but certainly not, excuse me, to the extent that they've evolved in other countries, though certainly more than they've evolved in many. Still, we've got a long way to go, and this administration is making the road harder and harder for billions of us. So enough said on that. I get um, emails regularly and phone calls and messages from um, young women who are wondering how to get into the birth industry, how to work in reproductive health, how to work in global maternal health. You know, it it's always the same question. Where do I start and where can I go? 
And, um, you know, everybody's path is a little bit different. Some people want to get into nursing, others midwifery, others want to get into community health or public health or development or reproductive health or, you know, there's a million different paths to follow. And I often tell people that you can make, you can sort of, you know, set your goal a little further than you think you can go and just keep moving in that direction. Follow your hunches. Anyways, I got a uh, email from a young woman who I've known for a little bit. She's a friend of my oldest daughter. So, you know, every now and again, our paths cross. And since I last heard from her, she decided to go to nursing school and she's about to graduate. And she had some questions about, you know, what direction to go next in her career. So um, she's interested in the same kind of work that I do and did as a nurse in the hospital. And so we thought, well, you know what? This is such a common question that I get. Let's have this conversation on the pod and send it out so that other people who are interested in this will, you know, listen in and, you know, maybe, maybe figure out what their next step is too. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to get this young nurse on the pod. And, you know, like I do with all the nurses, it seems like that I talk to, we're going to keep it on a first name basis because, you know, there's still, you got to be careful about what you say and you do as a nurse. It's not really a platform where women can really talk about the truth of the industry um, without potentially experiencing some professional uh, backlash. So first names, we're going to call Sarah. Let's get her on the phone. Hello. Hi, Sarah. It's Jeannie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm really good. Sarah, where in the world are you right now? I'm in Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Ah, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So Sarah, you and I know each other because you went to college with my oldest daughter. Yeah. Yeah. So I I hear about you and your life every now and again, and I like keeping track a little bit. Um, But we're talking today because you and Lauren, my daughter, ran into each other at a mutual friend's wedding. And it sounds like you are in a really big life transition right now. I am. I made the leap and I decided to go um, back to school for nursing. Well, the first thing that I generally ask every guest is this, you know, once I've read a bio, um, I like to ask this one question. I haven't really read your bio yet, but I think that you're going to answer it for us. Okay. And the question is, who are you and what do you do? Good question. It's a hard one, <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, um, I'm Sarah, and I grew up here on the East Coast. And then I decided to go to school out in Washington. Um, and I loved, I loved the West Coast. And I studied sociology and I did a lot of social justice work and really thought that that was going to be my path. Um, mm-hmm. And then... And you graduated with your degree I in did. sociology. Yeah, yeah, I graduated yeah. with a degree in sociology and that was in 2010. And then I worked for a year or two... Um, doing um, work with teens who were uh, first in their family to attempt college. And that was a pretty interesting job. 
Um, but I felt like I wanted more one-on-one connection and, and I, I was a little bit lost. I moved back home. I got married. I worked in an office for a few years and then I did a doula training and I just fell in love with the idea of helping women through their labors. Um, and I, I was right on the brink of deciding whether to go back to school for a master's in social work. And I thought, well, I have to do this doula thing. And, um, but I kind of knew myself and I knew that I was going to want to be a hundred percent hands-on and, um, and thought, well, how can I be even more involved? Um, and so I started looking at nursing schools. I took about a year of prerequisites. And now I'm about to graduate in May from an accelerated nursing program. So that has been a whirlwind. Mm-hmm. And um, you and, did it in about a year? Yeah. So it's a 16-month program. So we started or 14, We started last January and we went right through the summer. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So it has been great. Good. Um, it's been crazy, but it's been great. Yeah. So you will have your RN or your BSN? I will have my BSN. Yeah, exactly. In so all these- a, which is, for people who don't know, it's a Bachelor of Science in Nursing, which is um, you know, what you need to work as an, a registered nurse in a hospital these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what you're doing professionally. That's a pretty good backstory. You're doing good. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Doesn't feel like that every day, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I am, yeah. It's good work, and I've learned a lot. Mm-hmm. You'll definitely use your sociology degree as a nurse. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, you'll use it in a tangible day-to-day, every conversation way, just because you'll bring that context into your nursing care. Yeah. 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 I've already been noticing that. Yeah. Just having a, an idea of how how people work and family structures and, and um, I think that's yeah. really important, especially you know de- well well maybe mostly depending on the patient population that you anticipate taking care of. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I think it's probably just fine to work in a hospital situation or a healthcare situation that's really similar to your own, um, you know, cultural profile and demographic, which is easy to do. It's easy as a nurse to get a job in a neighborhood hospital that looks just like you. Yep. But at least for me, the more challenging work came from working with more diverse populations. It was a lot more interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, you know. Yeah, so, so what are you what are you planning on doing after nursing school? What's the plan? Well that's the big question. Um I just got I just got a job as an ER tech over the summer at our local hospital. Um and that's that was to take the pressure off my myself a little bit. Um because of the fast paced nature of this program, I really haven't had any hospital experience and that's something mm-hmm. I was really worried about when thinking about applying for jobs. And I know that I'll be taking the summer to, or at least June and July to study for the NCLEX and planning on taking, and that's our, um, the nursing board's 
the exam mm-hmm. that I have to take to get the RN. So I'll have the BSN, but I still have to t- take that next step to get the license. That big test. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And so I figured uh, I live in a community that's really busy in the summer and then sort of dies down in the winter. And so there's a lot of jobs that get posted that are temporary summer summer only jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's what I'm going to do this summer while I'm studying. Mm-hmm. And then I'm hoping to transition. That same hospital has a new grad RN program, and I'm hoping to um, get my foot in the door there. Um, I like the idea of a new grad program because it's, it's an extended orientation. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't always guarantee a nursing job, but I think if you develop some relationships in the hospital, it can be a good way to get, yeah, to get that first job. Yeah. Don't go into this thinking that you're at some huge disadvantage because you did this accelerated program because there isn't a nursing student in the world who knows what the hell she's doing on day one at the hospital. I don't care if she's grown up in the hospital. She doesn't know what she's doing on day one. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful yeah. to hear because it yeah. does seem like this goes by so quickly. Yeah. And how am I supposed to be prepared? <laughs> yeah. Well, you just go into it with the best you got. And yeah. um, and then when you are there, you I think you're being really smart. It sounds like you're looking for orientation and learning and growth opportunities in a mm-hmm. starting position. And then go for the job that you want to have. Mm-hmm. You know, apply for it. They, they'll know that you're new and, you know, generally there's support wrapped in for new nurses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What kind of nursing do you want to do or what do you want to do beyond nursing? Well, I'm really interested in labor and delivery. So I started with that doula mindset, thinking about wanting to, to work with women. Um, and that has stayed with me throughout this whole process, which I'm really happy about because <laughs> I was trying to stay open. Um, thinking, well, I might get called to do something else. Um, but I loved my maternity rotation. Uh, I was working under a midwife, actually. And mm-hmm. that's some, that's another thing that's, I think, on the distant horizon for me is thinking about whether I want to take that step. Um, but I think it makes sense probably to, to try to work in labor and delivery first and see how that feels. Maybe. Or maybe just go for it. I know a lot of... <laughs> I know a lot of midwives who've done the accelerated um, straight you know, through free nursing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I know a lot. And they come to their practice differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I do think that there's some real benefit to having a few years of solid labor and delivery experience under your belt before you, you know, start practicing as an independent midwife, but I don't think that it's mandatory because, you know, the training program, no matter to become a certified professional midwife or a certified nurse midwife, Mm -hmm. the training protocol is very similar. The standards are the same. You get the same kinds of experiences. You know, you'll learn it. You'll learn it. That's great to hear, especially coming from someone who's been so long in the industry. I feel like yeah. sometimes. But not as a midwife. I never. I was never a midwife. I thought I was going to become a midwife early on. Did you? Yeah, I did. 
Yeah, but I had, um, you know, it's just a different life path. I started nursing school, gosh, probably in like 1986, something like that. Maybe it was 85. I'm not sure. But um, and then while I was in my first year, I got pregnant with Lauren. Yeah. So I continued through nursing school. Then I had Lauren. Then I take took a little bit of time off from nursing school. Went back and had like a year or so to go, but got pregnant again with Camille, Camille who you probably lovely know. Camille. Yeah. yeah, so I was pregnant the entire time that I went through nursing school at oh, LA goodness. County, at LA County Hospital, the big LA County Hospital. Oh, amazing! I yeah. just can't even think about. All of that. I know it. I know it. It's baffling to me too. Mm -hmm. But I, um, I, I've probably told this story too many times. My due date with Camille was, um, June 1st. My graduation date was June 6th. My finals were like June 3rd or something like that. And we were at the point in clinical rotations in nursing school where, you could only miss like one or two clinical days in Mm -hmm. the hospital or that's it. You're out. You had to start over from scratch. It was really, really strict. You Mm -hmm. could not call in, you know, nine months pregnant and then some saying, I can't come in today because I've got contractions. Otherwise they'd say, okay, well then fine. (laughs) But you start from scratch and I wasn't going to let that happen. So I did all of my clinicals, every single thing with a one-year-old at home, nine months pregnant with number two at the county hospital. And that I just have to tell myself is one of my crowning achievements in life. <laughs> and I passed my, I, I took my finals on June 3rd, three days overdue. I graduated on June 6th, five days overdue with Camille. She wasn't born until June 9th. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was fun. That is and, wild. And then I think she was about, I don't know, not very old, like probably three to six weeks old. I don't remember exactly when I had to sit the boards. So I had this newborn and one of my sisters watched Lauren back at my house. Another sister sat in the car with newborn Camille and took care of her while I went into the Pasadena Civic Auditorium <laughs> and took my boards along with hundreds of other nurses. And then I got some sort of special pass that to between, yes, I could, my sister would come in with the baby and I'd sit in the bathroom and breastfeed her and she'd take her back out to the car and I'd go back in and do my next session. I couldn't believe it that I passed it. I could not believe it that I'd passed it. Well, I'm going to stop feeling sorry for myself right this minute. <laughs> yeah. And then I and then I um, took a little time off with both babies, but then got a job working. Um, my first nursing job was at a, a Hollywood Presbyterian Hospital in Los Angeles, which took on county patients. Okay. And I worked the recovery room um, after women had their babies. It was the okay. immediate... Pro- postpartum recovery room. I worked there for a while and that got me my foot in the door and then my labor and delivery training. Okay. Yeah. So that's interesting. How long did you work in the recovery room before you transitioned? 
not very long. I don't remember exactly how long, but I was there for a matter of months before I was able to get some training in labor and delivery. And then I worked there and then I moved on to another hospital. And then eventually I moved to Portland and worked here. And eventually I, um, you know, found my way after about 20 years and no longer wanted to work in labor and delivery. But that's why I didn't go to midwifery school was because I had two babies and I needed to support a family and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's really the big thing for me too, because babies are also on the horizon, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. You don't have any babies yet, right? No babies yet. I have two fur babies, two puppies, Uh but um, Uh no, but I I think that within the next few years, uh, you know, we're, we're set up for a family and, and that's definitely something that I want for myself. Um, Yeah. So it's a big, it's a big question mark, but it's nice to hear that things can evolve and (laughs) yeah, it will all work out anyway. (laughs) Yeah, it will. One way or the other. One way or the other. Yeah. You know, if you are interested in a midwifery career, I think that we are going to have a huge um, employment gap. I think there's going to be so many midwives needed going forward because we don't really know what's going to happen with the healthcare industry and with the insurance industry going forward. But we do know that there are going to be people who are going to need affordable, efficient, effective healthcare, women's healthcare, specifically reproductive and maternal healthcare. And um, we're losing obstetricians right and left. We can't keep them in the field because it's just everything stacked against them, it seems. We need midwives to provide that care. And mm-hmm. I think that there's going to be a big market for for that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so- it's, it's interesting. I've, I've been looking at schools and my husband owns a company here. And so we're pretty rooted here in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And there's mm-hmm. one school in Massachusetts that offers the certified nurse midwife program. And then I look at other states. Or, you know, just thinking about like Portland, where you are, and just how Mm -hmm. different the culture seems as far as, and we're very close to Boston. It's, Mm -hmm. and that's where I've been doing all of my clinical rotations. And I've really considered, you know, whether it makes sense to try to be up there in these big teaching institutions. Um, Yes, it it, makes sense. It does. yeah. yeah, if that's if that's the eventually, if what you eventually want to do is to be a midwife, mm-hmm. then do it now. Yeah. You know, you're young, you don't have kids yet. Yeah. You could probably do it in two years. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe three if there's some sort of you know, some sort of gap or you need to work that out. But then you're still like what, thirty two by the time yeah. you're done? Yeah. <laughs> Plenty of time to take a year or two to establish your career and then have babies. Mm-hmm. You, you've got time, Sarah. You're not in a rush. It's good to hear. It's good yeah. to hear. Yeah. I get it, though. I mean, by 29, I had two babies. Yeah. And I I think that it's really a very um, – there's a lot of push and pressure, especially if you're in a committed relationship about that age, to be making a commitment to that. Yeah. 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 Fortunately, we have two, we, we both have great families and I'm not feeling overt pressure, but I have my own internal, mm-hmm. <laughs> internal pressure. Yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah. you have time. Yeah. You have a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So is the, is, is it what you thought it would be, you know? Nursing school? 
Yeah. I mean, most people, when they think about a career in nursing or about being a nurse, they think about the patient care and yeah. the bedside stuff. And they think about, you know, the rushing the gurney down the hall, and <laughs> hanging the drugs and the, they think about the real hands-on yeah. stuff. Yeah, it that has been interesting. I definitely uh -huh. feel like my in my mind I was I'm holding someone's hand or talking yeah. you know, talking to, <laughs> to someone. And what I've learned is a lot more um, online charting and yes. figuring out the computer systems. And yes. I think the toughest thing for me to get the hang of is actually the very simple physical skills like hanging an IV you know mm -hmm. things that I thought would be oh you learn it once and you're good to go and I'm just that's you know I think I, I have I come from this strong like analytical background where mm -hmm. I I'm excelling at school and I'm I know what to do in that environment that's like a safe place for me and then you get to the hospital and not only are you learning these new skills, but you feel pressure to do them well and fast the first mm -hmm. time. Um, mm -hmm. So that's been the toughest part. For me. With a ton of responsibility on your shoulders. Oh, gosh, yeah. Plus, yeah, not, yeah, yeah, all that. Yeah. And then on top of that, it's a real person who's not having the best day of their life. And, Plus you're yeah. a student and your teacher knows good and well you don't know what you're doing and she's going to watch you like a hawk. Oh, yeah. yeah. No pressure. <laughs> yeah. And I have had amazing teachers. I really yeah. can't say enough about the clinical instructors that I've gotten to work with. And I get to work in these unbelievable teaching hospitals in Boston, which is, you know, one of the meccas of healthcare yeah. in, in our country, I, I feel. Um, so I feel you're, very lucky. Yeah. You're right there. You're right there. Yeah. You yeah. should train to be a midwife in Boston. I agree. <laughs> I always know what everyone should always do. <laughs> no, it's nice to hear it from someone else. <laughs> you have yeah. these ideas. They're yeah. right there. I know some people there that um, I know uh, uh, an obstetrician who co-wrote my first book with me, Complete really? Illustrated uh, Birthing Companion. Yeah, Amanda French is in Boston. Mm. And um, yeah, a few other people that are in the industry there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so we were talking about the technical side of the job, and that's something that I think is both startling and, um, you know, unavoidable and a big hindrance to being able to provide really good care. Mm -hmm. I think that it's so frustrating for a lot of healthcare providers, you know, whether they're in school or they've been in the field for decades is this huge shift to the technological side of supporting patient care. Yeah. It really doesn't have anything to do with taking care of the patient, except for that you are documenting the experience. Yeah. 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 In it's a hard. very specific way, too. Yes. That's another thing. A medically that... defensible way. Yeah. So that, and I know, and they're always hanging it over your head that you have to document your care in a way that you could take to court. Yes, it's, it's a lot about <laughs> Yeah, lawsuits. no pressure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and while you're at it, you have to love your job, be charming and delightful, yeah. never have BO or any kind of physical <laughs> needs, hungry, needing to pee. 
Go. Well, that, and that's the thing. Um, I'm pretty good at putting myself in the backseat, you know, putting myself mm-hmm. second. And mm-hmm. I realized after my first um, clinical day this round, just because it's a different a different pace on the floor that I'm on, that I went 10 hours without going to the bathroom. Yep. And yep. I was like, oh, that's because I didn't drink any water either. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. That's a natural system. We we all learn that one. Don't eat, don't drink, yeah. don't think, don't sleep, just yeah. do the job. Yeah. Yeah. At least that much is like you see on TV. You yeah. Know, the haggard, haggard nurses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Without all the mascara. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you ultimately want to accomplish with your career? Oh, that's a tough one. Yeah. That's a tough one. I know. It's easy um, for me to ask that, you know, because I'm 30 years down the road from you. <laughs> and you're less. accomplishing so many things. Yeah. I think, you know, it's, it's interesting. I think because I have this background in social justice, it's really important to me to feel like I am affecting change or... Um, I, I guess what I would also, you know, let's let's say 20 years from now, I am a midwife, mm-hmm. and not only am I great with my individual patients, but I hope to be doing some larger educational piece too. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that's another thing that I have learned in school. Something that I love that I've learned in nursing school that I didn't expect was just how many different roles nursing can take. Mm-hmm. And I loved the community health class um, or public health class that we had mm-hmm. and thinking about how, you know, primary prevention versus um, tertiary, just thinking about how to. Um, how to think about to, healthcare. Yeah. And, to, and yeah. to think about it on a broad, in a broader way, I feel like most of our clinical experience in nursing school is in the acute care setting. And that is where I would like to have my career. But I also like the idea of thinking about uh, the community at large or, um, yeah, something like that. That Something that you can do with your career as a midwife is you can do the, you know, acute care. You can deliver the babies in the hospital. You can Mm -hmm. do the longer term care you know, providing their reproductive health care experience oh, over a lifespan. Yeah, over a lifespan. And then you can also plug into really tremendous public health, global health, community health opportunities that, you know, take you out to the next ring. Yeah. You can do that with nursing. Yeah. It's thinking about know, breastfeeding, teach, you know, teaching and where we live and I think everywhere in the country, but it seems like particularly where I live, there's the, the heroin epidemic is affecting so many and the hospitals are just struggling to keep up with all these babies born addicted to drugs. And yeah. that, and so there's all these different ways of, of tapping into, yeah, to the, the community issues. Yeah. And I don't know what my, you know, what one thing that, that I would want to be involved with yet but I can see that that would, I would want that to be a part of. Yeah. Yeah. That's an easy path to follow. It's, it's very similar to, you know, I can tell 
you know, being 56, I can look back over the last 30 years of my career and recognize that each step actually led to where I am now. Mm-hmm. And I always had a social work component in my life, always volunteering somewhere, working at an orphanage, you know, working at a free clinic, always. Mm-hmm. And then I brought that into my nursing career. And now, you know, over several shifts and changes that a career is going to go through in a working woman's lifespan. Now what I'm doing is I'm working in the humanitarian sector, creating content, using the healthcare information that I have, but it's a total shift. And yeah. I'm bringing with that the RN degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that's another that's another thing I'm, I'm really excited, actually. We had this little assignment um, at school where we had to I think our teacher was trying to encourage us to um, read nursing journals and stay up with the news. And we were mm-hmm. meant to respond to a, um, a article uh, mm-hmm. in a nursing journal. And uh, a friend and I wrote a letter to the editor and I think it's going to get published next month, Yay. actually. Yeah, which is kind of fun. But um, I'm going with this. Oh, you were saying that... You were saying that, um, we were talking about sort of the span of a career and how things shift. Yeah. And, oh, oh, and you were saying, um, you're bringing your RN degree with you when you're writing these books and things like that. And that's another thing that I've noticed is the lack of voice Mm -hmm. and, and I think it's probably much better than it was, but just thinking about, you know, all that's going on right now in um, public policy with healthcare, and yeah. not like nurses should be on the forefront of that too. And many and nurses are. I'm many sure, nurses I'm sure are. I know that, yeah. you know, as, you know, the American College of Nurse Midwives have a bit, has a very, very active advocacy um, board. I know that, yeah. you know, the registered nurse organizations all around the country have really strong advocacy arms. And I and, love that because I didn't yeah. know that. And and just to think that I could be a part of something like that too, you know, yeah. there's just all these, all these different ways to be a nurse. And that's very, yeah. yeah. You want to advocate. I'm your girl. I oh. teach. Yeah. I, I do a lot of advocacy with care um, about, you know, global women's issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a matter of fact, we're going to be doing a lot of advocacy um, at the end of May in Washington, D.C. We have a national conference and a day of lobbying. And it's just a great, great way to get your feet wet as an advocate. Um, cool. Yeah. But then I also just so many people are dying to go from sort of where you are now mm-hmm. as a I really want to plug in my my skills and talents and I want to make a difference but not knowing exactly how. So a couple of my um, partners and I developed these workshops that we um, hold called Civics for Cynics, where we kind of take group, small groups of people through the pr- that process of knowing how to actually plug in and advocate. And it's just been phenomenal to see people all really ignited on this issue. Yeah. Like yeah. nothing I've ever seen in history, oh. not in my history anyways. That's amazing. Yeah, I'd yeah. love to learn more about that. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 
Well, Sarah, what else can I tell you about this wonderful big, world? Yeah, this big wonderful world of ours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> about um, all the things. <laughs> I guess no. I was really happy to hear about your journey. Um, I guess. I guess yeah. Just any any tips or as a new nurse, what would you say? Or as a as a seasoned nurse, what would you say you're looking for or hoping to see in the in your new grad um, peers? Or yeah, well, I think um, that the most important thing is to come to the job humble. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows you don't know what you're doing. Uh, you know, if you top graduated top of your class, you're the best, the brightest. No student has ever been better than you. Mm-hmm. You still don't. You still don't know what you're doing, so come to the job humble. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's startling for new nurses to come to the job and realize just how much of their job is not what they anticipated, mm-hmm. and they have to reconcile for that. And there's oftentimes a transition process where nurses are resisting what the job actually is. And so they will try to buck the system. And it, it's an uncomfortable thing for everybody because mm-hmm. brand new people are both the ones who point out the flaws in the system and the least powerful members of the team to be able to do anything about it. And that's mm-hmm. rough. I think that if you go into a hospital and you, it's not exactly what you want, well, you got to work with what you got mm-hmm. and just keep going for it. And, you know, try to make change just by being yourself in the job. Um, that said, it's a really fun job. Mm-hmm. It's a really, really rewarding, excellent career that allows you to just, to, it's like y- you use your brain, you use your body, you use your heart, you use your hands, you use your feet. You are moving, thinking, doing, wiping, <laughs> lot <poking>. of wiping. <laughs> Checking, reading, evaluating. I mean, it's a it's one of those p- professions where you're using it all. Everything you've got, you bring to the job. And really, there aren't that many jobs that you get to do that. Very true. Yeah. So it's very rewarding. It's very rewarding. It's frustrating because there's so many limitations. Mm-hmm. It's frustrating because it is an industry that is primarily a woman's industry and it has a lot of the um, hierarchical and authoritarian barriers that women always face Mm -hmm. with work a lot of them and uh, that's something that I think your generation is going to have to push forward a little bit too Mm -hmm. you know it's a lot better than it used to be and then you guys are going to have to take it forward Mm -hmm. yeah so that's what I'd say And then also follow your hunches. You know, if you think that you eventually want to do something, we'll start moving in that direction, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that every young woman needs to really give themselves a strong feminist education about all different um, ways of thinking about advancing your own career. You know, read everything you can that will teach you how to advance your career as a young woman today. <clears throat> and there's a lot out there. There's a lot. And um, and then be strategic. 
Also, you've got tons of time. You got a lot of time. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. You can do everything you want to do. You don't have to do it all today. Yeah. So I then that's, that's something that I will personally struggle with is just wanting to be perfect right away. And yeah. I think that's where your advice, your first advice to just be humble and yeah, and show up and do do your best and know that no one expects you to be a seasoned nurse day one. Right. That's something that, that right. I should keep reminding myself. Ask for help, be willing to learn and go at it with the best you got that day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you'll be fine. You'll be good cool. at it. Yeah. So let me ask you just a couple of closing questions that I like to ask everybody who comes on the podcast. Mm -hmm. How would you fill in this statement? Nobody ever told me that. Hmm. Good one. Nobody ever told me that. Hard one, huh? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to take a second look. Well, I think with the accelerated program, nobody ever told me that it was going to be this hard this hard period <laughs> um just on my relationships on my psyche uh, i think it takes it takes a lot out of you to mm -hmm. to engage with this very challenging scientific material and then go the next day to the hospital and try to be you know soaking in everything and giving that your 100% and then mm -hmm. to come home. And, and while I think that this round of school in a lot of ways is easier because I'm not 18, I'm mm -hmm. drinking and partying less. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm getting better night's sleep, that kind of thing. But, um, Security but is great. Isn't it, it is <laughs> great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I'm also, um, uh, I also care so much more, you know, I, I yeah. care about everything. And, um, and so I think that just how all encompassing, um, nursing school can be was yeah. a little bit of a shock, even yeah. though, even though people did tell me that actually, that's actually, <laughs> that's a poor answer because everyone said it's going to be really hard. And that, and then I was still surprised. Yeah. Sometimes I think that the better way is, you know, what, what did people tell you? that you didn't hear yet. Yeah. You know? We didn't yeah. believe. Yeah. 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 Exactly. yeah. Mm -hmm. So then the last question I like to ask people is some version of this question. Where are you in your life in terms of motherhood? Now, some people, you know, talk about it from the giving end and some from the receiving end. Everybody's got a mother, mm. is a mother, knows a mother. Yeah. That's a really nice question. I... Um, I'm so, I feel very lucky that I have a mother who is both a good mother and at this point, a, a really good friend. Um, mm. So I feel like I'm getting much closer to motherhood. Um, and a lot of my friends have started having children. And um, 
cousins in particular, I get to spend a lot of time with kids and I would not have it any other way. I think that that intergenerational living is so important and thinking about where I am now versus my first degree again, that was another thing about college was I was just hanging out with people my age and Mm -hmm. how much more well-rounded I feel when I'm spending time with my mom and other moms and their Mm -hmm. children. It's just, um, it's striking. It's more interesting to hang out with people. Yeah. I mean, if you're only going to be in a, your own little homogenous bubble with your own friends who think and talk and do all the same things. Well, that gets so boring. Yeah. There's so much more out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I spent Friday with my nieces who are twin three-year-olds. And (laughs) we went to a um, public pool and um, I'm pretty sure everyone thought I was their mother and probably <laughs> I was okay with that. I love, yeah. you know, I like playing that role. I like, yeah. um, you know, and I like being their auntie too, because mm-hmm. I get to treat them, you know, treat them to a, a full day yeah. and their older siblings were off doing something else. And, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, you're on the way. Probably yeah. if you and I talk again in a couple of years, yeah, I hope. Have a really, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope I'll it, be a different, a new, uh, a real, you know, different kind of mother then. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll yeah. see what's up, what's happening for you. But, you know, I think that a lot of, a lot of women your age have this, this. I don't know if it's a misconception or not, but they have this message looming over them that you can't do everything and you have to make specific logical choices in a certain order in order to do it right. Mm-hmm. And no, you can, do <laughs> you, want. you can do all of it at once. It turns out that it is actually okay. Yeah. You know, nobody yeah. would say the very best thing you could do is to go through two pregnancies while you're in nursing <laughs> school and, you know, have your due date be before you graduate. That's yeah. the best plan to go. And, you know, really the most logical thing would have been for me to do this other thing, yeah. you know, this other path. Oh, well, that didn't turn out to be the path I was supposed to take. Yeah. You know, it, it's okay to make a mess. It's all going to turn out okay anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My mom went to college when I was in middle school and my sister was in elementary school. And it was really important to her that we went, that we got to go to college. That was you know, she, um, yeah. it was never a question, you know, like right. it was, where are you going? Not, are you going? And, um, and yeah, I think maybe, you know, if she had had her pick, she would have gotten to do it a little earlier. It mm-hmm. was uh, a lot of um, breakfast for dinner and cheese and crackers for dinner when mom was at school at night and dad was, you know, home with us. But, uh, but you're right. And and even though I see that and I have all these amazing models for women who have taken different paths, I do still feel the pressure. Um, yeah. So it's a good reminder. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. You can do anything you want. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can do it all at the same time or you can spread it out a while. Okay. Do what you want. You're a grown ass woman. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Sarah, this has been just fun. This has been a great conversation. Yeah. Thanks so yeah. much for talking to me and calming some of my fears. And, and yeah, really it's going to be okay. You're doing fine. You're right where you're supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, cool. All right. Well, you and I are going to talk again soon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. When I am a midwife with three babies at home. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I bet. You know, between Lauren and life, yeah. we're going to run into each other way before that. Way before that. Yeah. 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 Cool. Okay. We'll talk soon. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening, everybody. Our guest today was Sarah, who is a student nurse. And we'll be hearing more from Sarah going forward. I'm sure she's going to be doing some really interesting things. Um, You can learn more about me at jeanfaulkner.com. You can tweet me at jeanfaulkner. Email gene at jeanfaulkner. You can pick up my book, Common Sense Pregnancy, anywhere books are sold. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever you go buy your books. Um, Thank you for... Listening to the podcast, our audience is growing like crazy. I love seeing the numbers go up because it's just so many more people who are in on this important global conversation we all need to be having about pregnancy, parenting, women's lives, father's lives, the world we live in, and how we're all connected and making it work. Let's talk more about that next week. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Someone will look at me